0: when Jesus sends out his disciples to, with the great commission, go and make disciples of all nations, his promises, and I will be with you to the end. And the Spirit is the answer to that, the fulfillment of that promise. It's worth for anybody listening here to go back and read with your own eyes on this description because of how vast it is, all that the Spirit does. You just see throughout the theme is, the spirit of God is the way that God remains hands-on in everything. And I think, like you're saying, Matt, that just increases for us. The effect is it should increase our desperate dependence on the spirit of God for everything.
1: Hello, everybody. You're listening to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon, and I'm a pastor at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined this week with Ryan Chase, uh, another pastor at Emmaus, and Caleb Dernberger, our uh, pastoral resident. And it is always, always, always a joy to sit down with you guys and talk about these things and these matters. And my soul is edified, and I I hope our listeners are strengthened. Um, So, this week, we're going to jump back into the Sovereign Grace Statement of Faith. And this week, we are going to be looking at the person and work of the Holy Spirit. So just recently, we've been talking about the person of Christ and the saving work of Christ. And those were two separate major headings, uh, partly just because of, well, the importance of it in the gospel. Um, and this one, the, the the person and work of Holy Spirit is under one. But um, I was just thinking before we turned the mics on and earlier... Um, Do you guys remember back, I don't know what year this would have been, um, Francis Chan's book, The Forgotten God? Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember that? It was probably, what, 10, 15 years ago where that came out? And that was the, that was a hot book, right? That was the small group study that every church went through. Um, I'm just looking at it now on Amazon, The Forgotten God, reversing our tragic neglect of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I think when I was at the pastor's college and Uh, We took our course on pneumatology, which is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jeff Perswell taught it. And I just remember just day one walking away thinking, wow, I have likely neglected my thinking on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I have had a truncated, small view of of the person and work of Mm. the Spirit. And now, just, just from opening the Bible, I just felt like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> this is way bigger. I th- is it Chan who says um, the Holy Spirit is often kind of like
0: the redheaded stepchild of <laughs> the Trinity? Yeah. People are very comfortable talking about God the Father, God the Son. You right. get into the realm of God the Spirit, and either people just don't know or um, or you get weird ideas or yep. people are weirded out by things. and um, mm-hmm. And so in some circles, as people have pointed out, oftentimes the Trinity is functionally more like Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because we're just comfortable with those three things. Yeah, that makes sense. Not very comfortable with yeah. the person. Which in one sense
1: speaks to the mystery of the Spirit. Right. But also to your point, Matt, when you open your Bible and you... I mean, like, like you said, you just, all of a sudden you're just opened up to this new world almost. You're like, how did I never, how did I not see these things before? Uh, the Bible is so clear about the spirit, who he is, what he does. And I I think that's why we're probably here today. Yes. So under the statement of faith, under our beliefs section, there is under the person work of the Holy Spirit, there are three headings, subheadings, the person of the Holy Spirit, work of the Spirit prior to Christ's coming, and then the the work of the Spirit in Christ and the new covenant. I just think, I was telling you guys before we started, that. I just think that's such a helpful breakdown uh, for us to think biblically about the person and work of the Spirit. I think uh, what it does is it sets the Spirit in the context of the word, rather than just this abstract idea or... Conversation of just theolo- theological kicking around. Um, it, it takes the person and work of the Spirit and places him in the the narrative of Scripture, which I, I just think is so helpful. So to begin, we're going to look at the, the the heading of the Person of the Holy Spirit, and I'll read it, and then we'll we'll discuss. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, who proceeds eternally from the Father and the Son. He is equal in deity. Attributes and the nature with the Father and the Son, and with them is to be worshiped and glorified. The Spirit manifests God's active presence in the world, giving life in God's creation and new creation. Existing forever with the Father and the Son, the Spirit is the agent of all blessing to God's creatures and makes possible communion with Him. Hmm. So that that's kind of a high-level summary of the person of the Spirit. Um and I think one of the of of the probably the most functionally neglected words there is that word person. Mm-hmm. I mean how many of us whether we think about it or not often think of the spirit as some sort of impersonal abstract yeah, power power or force. Um and no all throughout the Bible the spirit is always referenced as a person. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess that 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 already is engaged in mystery, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember Jeff very powerfully saying, and this was so helpful because when we're talking about these types of things, I think I often think, well, I can't quite get my head around it. (laughs) It's just, I'm trying to wrestle this. It's like wrestling a spirit, wrestling a a fog. And I just can't get my arms fully around it. And Jeff just stopped us, stopped in the middle of it one lecture and just said, gentlemen, mystery is just a category of our faith. It's just... there has to be a level where we just say, this is mysterious. Mm-hmm. And Paul gives us that language in, in I think it's uh, First Corinthians or Second Corinthians. Mm-hmm. So that's a mystery to me. How can a spirit be a person? I don't know if you guys ever thought on that. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think it has had a huge effect on me in the way that I think and talk about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I don't remember mm-hmm. when or where I first heard this pointed out, but I remember consciously making a shift then in my language uh, rather than referring to the Holy Spirit as it, mm. which is pretty common right. um, to speak of him as he, mm-hmm. because even that shift it just represents he is God, yes. co-equal with the Father and the Son. Um, and I think when we use kind of the, the neuter pronoun it mm. to refer to the Spirit, that inclines us or indicates we tend to think of him not as a person, but as a, a power or force. Yeah. But calling him he, talking about what he is doing, um, that indicates that this is a person. He, he thinks, he has a will, the one will of God. Uh, the, the Spirit is God. And so that, that makes a change. And I think that's a, a simple application of, of this truth that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity who proceeds from the Father and the Son, equal.
1: Mm-hmm in all these ways with the Father and the Son. Yeah, and it, it, it really does place him where he belongs, in among the Trinity, in, in the, the Trinitarian fellowship of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And I love that line, the the Spirit, this is his purpose, manifests God's active presence in the world. Mm-hmm. He is an agent of life. He, we, we often neglect, this is partly where my eyes were opened of just this cuz the greek word for spirit pneuma pneumatos um it's where we get words like pneumatic or pneumonia um talking about air talking about breath um he is this wind this this agent of uh of life of breath of 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 that when the wind blows change comes and when the when the spirit comes hearts are made alive and eyes are opened and it's just oh yeah this is the spirit not just this Perception of God far off, you know. As a, as often atheists like to think it was just this marionette, you know, this puppet actor just pulling pieces. No, the Spirit is the one who is among, among and amidst the people of God, mm-hmm. um, and has been the definer of the people of God from the very beginning. The people of God are the people of the Spirit, the people where God's Spirit rests. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and we'll get to the how that works in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But I think that's just helpful to remind ourselves: the Spirit is. The manifestation of god 's active presence in the world, um, and that's just he is like this, like the, like it says he's the agent of all blessing to god 's creatures and makes possible communion with him. Mm-hmm. without the Spirit, we have no communion with the Father, yeah, same as without Christ we don 't have communion with the Father, but it 's in a different way, mm-hmm. but without the Spirit, we have no communion with the Father and that's that's critical yeah, that's good. Well, I, we'll move on. Uh, the work of the Spirit prior to Christ's coming. So I'll read this section. The eternal Spirit was present at the beginning of God's creation, carrying out the creative word of God and giving life to all things. In God's work under the old covenant, the Spirit was present with God's people to consecrate, deliver, guide and grant saving faith in the promises of God. He empowered prophets to reveal God's word, appointed elders to render judgment and raised up judges to bring deliverance, anointed priests and kings as his representatives and inspired the record of old covenant revelation. Through all the institutions and offices of the Old Testament, the Spirit's work pointed to the ultimate revelation of God through his son, Jesus Christ. Hmm. I mean that right there, when when I read that's part of what I was getting at earlier. Like I think I never really thought of carefully about the Spirit's work in the old Old Covenant, other than you know, you hear about the prophets, the Spirit of the Lord fell on him and he spoke. Yeah. Or just the known reality of well, the Spirit's inspiring the Old Testament writers. But even just that paragraph, <laughs> it hmm. certainly opens my eyes to the scope of the work of the Spirit in the Old Testament. I don't know. What what stood out to you guys? Yeah. The activity
0: of the Spirit of God throughout all of history back to creation. Mm -hmm. Genesis 1 describes the Spirit of the Lord hovering over Mm -hmm. the waters of the deep. Um, And so having eyes to see that, something significant happens at Pentecost in the New Covenant. But the danger is in thinking that the Spirit was inactive or absent until that point, Mm -hmm. rather than realizing, oh, actually, the Spirit of God is, is present throughout. And so you have these texts, even in the judges of the spirit of God, rushing on somebody to anoint him for the task that God Mm -hmm. had called him to. So God's spirit was present and active, has always been. And again, that reinforces, I think what we said under the person of the spirit, that he is always the agent of God's blessing, the point Mm -hmm. of contact that the people of God have with God himself. He's the one enacting those things, empowering God's people. So it's not like we get to the new covenant and then the spirit starts to do something Different than he did before. Um, it
1: th- this is what he's always been doing. Yeah, it's it's telling back in Genesis how God. We, uh, this has been said before. God speaks everything into creation, um, and this is you know John in the New Testament will call Jesus the Logos, the the Word. He is that Word which all things were created through. But what do you what do you have to use to speak? You you have to use breath. You have to use. Hmm. And there is a spirit in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, hovering over the depths. He is there. He is present. He is bringing about all these things. And then when Adam is formed, God steps down and forms him out of the dust of the earth. And then what does it say? He breathed the breath of life into him. And it has this animating effect. The spirit of God brings life. Hmm. Um, And then you just see that Continue to manifest and grow throughout the Old Testament, all of it, and I think this is this is vital, and this is really is a good place of thinking of the Spirit's function is to point towards Christ. All of it is meant to be. The Spirit is manifesting and working much more silently, much more you know in the background, less. But He is the the agent by which He's pointing all things to Christ, because if, if any faith was in David was happening. It was because of the Spirit's illumination in him. Um, and David, looking forward to, like Psalm 110, the Lord said to my Lord, and he's seeing in the future this coming king who will rule and the promises God made to him in 2 Samuel 7. So the Spirit is working to bring about and point mm-hmm. towards Christ, um, the coming Christ. Yeah. Uh, so it in the Old Testament, the Spirit's working to point forward, whereas, as we'll see in a second in the New Covenant he's pointing back and Mm. highlighting what Jesus did.
0: Yeah. I think looking at the verbs there is, Mm. is really insightful as well. Um, that the, the spirit, the verbs here, uh, was present to consecrate, deliver, guide, grant, saving faith. Mm. Um, it speaks of empowering, appointing, raising up, anointing. Um, this is, those verbs help us understand what it is that the spirit does. And, um, That, again, gives us categories we move into the,
1: the new covenant. Good. All right, the work of the Spirit in Christ and the new creation. The Spirit's work in the new covenant centers on Christ and the church. It is by the Spirit that Jesus Christ was conceived and born of a virgin, anointed to fulfill his earthly ministry, empowered to offer his life as a sacrifice, and raised in resurrection power. After Christ ascended to the Father's right hand, the promised Holy Spirit descended at Pentecost and ushered in the new era of the Spirit's fullness, indwelling believers and empowering them for life and for service. The Spirit glorifies Christ and bears witness to him, convicting the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. He inspired the record of new covenant revelation and makes it effective in people's hearts through the gift of regeneration. He illuminates God's word to his people, assures them of God's love, comforts them with his presence, intercedes on their behalf, and sanctifies them in conformity to the image of Christ. The spirit is the bond of our union with Christ, the seal of our salvation, the first fruits of our redemption, and the guarantee of our inheritance. (laughs) Again, I mean, like, do we often speak or think of the Spirit in that broad a scale? Just listing off all—he is involved in all things. He is involved in our salvation, in our in our sanctification, in any any progress we make in the faith is is in, is empowered by the Spirit. But even like for me, I don't know what stands out to you guys. But again, just being reminded of the Spirit's work just in the life. And ministry of Christ, mm-hmm. just how before Pentecost, just talking about the conception of Christ by the Spirit. His um, reminder of uh, at Matthew chapter four at his or at his three at his um, baptism, the Spirit descends upon him. Because remember, according to Isaiah, that was going to be the mark of the Christ that my servant will have. I will put my Spirit on him. Isaiah mm-hmm. forty two one. And so that happens at his baptism and then the spirit leads him into temptation and leads him out into the desert and comforts him and empowers him and strengthens him. And ultimately is the thing that raises him from the dead. I just, Mm -hmm. I think we often neglect the spirit's role in, uh, even in our salvation, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let alone in the ministry of of Christ. Mm -hmm. What stood out to you guys?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that has been, um, one of those eye-opening categories for me to realize, okay, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, accomplished our salvation, but it's not like the Holy Spirit then was just waiting until all of that was done to be poured out at Pentecost, but that the Spirit was active in empowering the Son to accomplish that, which I think ties back to the humanity of Christ, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. He is fully human like us, and the life that He lived, He lived by faith in the father and empowered by the spirit. So then when you look at Jesus, um, he's our savior and he is our exemplar. Mm -hmm. He is the one who lived in full reliance on the spirit. And so we can look at him and and see that's how God calls me to live. If, if Christ who is fully God lived his life as a man, uh, in dependence on the spirit anointed by the spirit, uh, I dare not live any day in reliance on my flesh alone. I mm-hmm. need the spirit of God. And and how incredible that I have access to that same spirit yeah. to fill and empower me for life. So right. seeing the role of the spirit there in the life and ministry of Christ is uh, incredible. To that point, there's a quote here. It says, the Holy
1: Spirit is to be understood as the source and inspiration of Jesus joy and praise of the father. Mm. And so just as it was for him is for him. So it shall be for us. Yeah. it's yeah. good. And Jesus then exhibited perfectly all the fruit of that spirit that now, because of our union with him, we have access to. And in fact, that same spirit now dwells within us. And that's what Jesus's point in, in, John 14 and 15 about, he will not leave us as orphans. He will send us a helper, mm-hmm. Uh the Paraclete, the the Advocate, the one who will advocate or will work in us to produce that same fruit, and also heightens the supernatural reality of of the fruit of the Spirit of uh, you know love, joy, peace, patience, and the rest. Like I will not produce that on my own. Right, I, cannot. Christ mm. didn't produce that on His own. He produced it by the Spirit. Mm. And, and so for me, then I, I need this. I need to be united to Christ and to possess his spirit. And then that then produces in me fruit. Mm -hmm. I think the spirit also functions for for us as um, to highlight the work of Christ and also his illumination of the word to us. Um, You know, we as at Road Church, we are uh, continuationist in our pneumatology, meaning we do believe that the spirit is working now and we wouldn't, as opposed to cessationism, which says the Spirit does... Not that He doesn't work, but He does has no more... Um, yeah. that doesn't the, empower those certain gifts. Right, the miraculous gifts. Now, we would say that those continue under the authority of God's Word because the Spirit according to John fourteen fifteen, Jesus goes on to say that the spirit will not say anything on his own accord, but only speak to you that which I have spoken. He will, he will illuminate the word to his people and actually cause it to function in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as continuations, that's how we view the operation of those gifts is that they sit under the authority of the word and any work the spirit's going to do in his people is going to align with that word. Um, so, that's another huge benefit of the work of the spirit is it's pointing us back to the scriptures and back to God's revelation of himself in his revealed word. And ultimately this, the, the ultimate revelation of himself in in Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's the defining feature of what it means to be the people of God is to have his spirit, that yes. we are being built up into a temple uh, mm-hmm. where God's presence dwells now, not in a temple on a hill in Jerusalem, but we are that temple um, God's spirit dwells within us, and he is building us together by his spirit into Christ uh, as as the gospel goes forth more and more bricks are added to that number built on the cornerstone of Christ that is empowered by that spirit. so mm-hmm. you know as we read this statement, man if, if there's only one if if, if if the if the result is people's eyes are open to the scope and scale of the work of the spirit you know may we not uh ever be accused of forgetting this god yeah. if you will yes. forgetting the person of the holy spirit because he is our i mean it's i don't think it's too small of a thing to say. He is our very life. I mean, it's the breath in our lungs. the The process of sanctification can only happen under the power of the Spirit, right. secured for us in Christ, and He is the guarantee of that inheritance that has been secured for us in Christ that we all long for. So, yeah, uh, yeah you know, we have been preaching through Exodus when Moses
0: mm-hmm. is at the bush and he's fearful. God's answer to him is, "But I will be with you." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when God appears to Gideon and sends him. To fight against the Midianites and Gideon is the least person of, in the least tribe. Mm. Uh, God's answer to him is, but I will be with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Jesus sends out his disciples to, w- with the great commission, go and make disciples of all nations, his promises, and I will be with you yeah. to the end. And the spirit is the answer to that, the fulfillment of that promise. And so I just think when you read this list, it, it, it's worth for anybody listening here to go back and read with your own eyes on this description because of how vast it is, all that the spirit does. You just see throughout the theme is the spirit of God is the way that God remains hands-on mm. in everything. And I think like you're saying, Matt, that just increases for us. It, it The effect is it should increase our desperate dependence on the spirit of God for everything. Yeah, Are you battling some sin in your life and stuck? You need the spirit of God yeah. to empower you in that. Um, when you open God's word, you, you need the spirit of God to open your eyes, yeah. to illuminate, to bring understanding. Um, when you're stuck and you don't Know the way forward. You need the Spirit of God to give you wisdom. Hmm. Uh, we just desperately need the Spirit of God to be active in our lives okay. at every step, to be empowering us and strengthening us. And and what a joy that that that's what He does. That that's His His joy to do that yes. um, and to manifest the presence of God to be the agent of every one of God's blessings in our lives. And so, um, what tremendous hope and comfort to know that we're not alone. Yeah, God is with us. That's
1: right. Through his spirit. That's right. And even Jesus himself says, it's better that I go away. (laughs) It's better for you that I go away so that the spirit will come. So thanks be to God that he has not left us alone, that that he has given us his spirit. And may we rely on that spirit more and more every day. Mm. So thank you, men.